Okay, we're going live. All right. Exciting. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. I think that we are live on LinkedIn. Um, let's just give people a couple minutes, like one or two minutes to join us. In the meantime, we'll just enjoy some groovy enjoy music some in the background. <laughs> I'm liking it. it. Is, I'm digging it. <laughs> yeah, it is Saturday morning. Um, and it's a great day, great time to host a LinkedIn Live and yes. do some learning, right? Some learning experiences, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. I'm going to go on LinkedIn on my end to see if we're good to go. We're live. Perfect. Yeah. Let's do this. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's awesome. already some people joining us. So Fantastic. good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Bye. everyone. Or afternoon, I suppose, if you're on the East Coast. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So real quick, before we get started and jump right into all the business talk, um, let's just kind of uh, chit chat a little bit, Danielle. So Danielle yeah. and I have known each other since high school. Which is such a crazy thing to say. Yeah. Um, I'm always really blessed to have people that I've been able to keep in touch with for a very long time in my life. And Danielle is one of them. Um, do you have like a memory of me? Like what's your first memory of me? Oh my gosh. I definitely. So we were like 13, yeah. 14. Like we were young, like we were kids. So do you have any Absolutely. like early memories? I, I, you know, I always get this wrong because I always thought I remembered you from middle school. And then you told me. You didn't go to our middle school to eighth grade. Uh, so yeah. I want to say that's when I definitely knew of you. But then drama in high school is when I definitely have my most solid memories of, yeah. of you. And that's when we really, I think, started to know each other yeah. on a personal level. On a personal level. I think we were both in drama in high school together. And yeah, um, yeah those are good memories. Really good memories. <laughs> sure. it's, it's rare to know someone from your past like that. So yeah, I'm definitely grateful for, for a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> so wild. And I love yeah. it. That's like one of my favorite things. Um, good morning, everybody. Welcome to our latest uh, LinkedIn Live session. This LinkedIn Live is titled How to Sell Yourself for that career pivot. And I've kind of also added for that next job as well. Um, so welcome to this uh, episode. And it is hosted by me, Thieu Nguyen. I am the founder of Empowered PharmD. And if you hear my dog barking, that is Bear in the background. He is my co-host apparently this morning. Yeah, the mascot. <laughs> yeah, he is our mascot. Um, but Empowered PharmD is something that I created to uh, provide a lot of resources for our pharmacists and future pharmacists out there who are looking for resources to empower themselves in their career. When I was going through um, the start of my pharmacy career, um, I felt lost quite a bit of times um, and really had to learn a lot of these things on my own. And a lot of times I wish that I learned them sooner, to be honest, because when it came time, especially to think about the next step in my career, I was, let me tell you, lost wasn't even like the right description. I didn't even know 
honestly, I, I didn't like I think for you to get lost, you have to get started. I didn't even get started. I didn't know how to even get started. I was stuck. So I guess the opposite of lost maybe is stuck because stuck means that you're you are not going anywhere, whereas lost, you're actually moving around. Right. True. Yeah. Um, and it was a horrible mindset for me. I posted this a couple of days ago when I was starting to feel stuck. I felt a lot of resentment towards the pharmacy profession, which is not a great, a productive way to put my frustration because what is the pharmacy profession going to do for me? You know, I was like, man, I am in pharmacy. I'm working in a clinical pharmacy hospital setting. And I couldn't think of like the next thing for me, like, the next thing all I could see was to climb the corporate ladder, which at the time I'm like, I don't even know if that's what I want. I don't, I look at my manager, I look at my director and I'm like, I don't know if I want that. I don't think that that's something that suits me at the time anyways. Like I can't say never ever. Right. Like, but it didn't feel like it was the right path, even though it was the only path. And so it was kind of like, well, then I just stay where I am because I don't like where I have to go next. Um, and so it took me a very, very long time to finally find the mindset of like, actually, I do have control over my career, <laughs> despite whatever I may, the stories that I might tell, might tell myself. And despite what maybe others may tell me as well. Um, and, you know, at the time when I was looking at all of my coworkers, they had been working at that hospital for like, years and years and years. I was actually the newest clinical pharmacist at the facility and was actually the first to leave the position and go somewhere else. So you can imagine the type of people that I was also surrounding myself with. They are also amazing people. They love what they do. And I respect that. But it just was not something that was fitting for me. But I didn't see somebody that I could model after. So there was a lot of growth that needed to be done. Empowered PharmD has a series called What They Don't Teach in School, which is, um, you know, things that I've discovered as lived experiences that I feel like schools did not teach me this. And I want to make sure that our fellow pharmacists and future pharmacists and whoever else is listening that's not in pharmacy that can relate to this story, um, that they that they have this kind of like information so that they don't, you know, feel like, oh my gosh, I never learned this. And and then getting into the mindset of feeling trapped. So what do you what do you think about all that, Danielle? Yeah, no, I, I think that's such a powerful story. And I, I definitely know your story resonates with many people out there because it's it's true, you know, we go through our education systems or whatever channels we go through to get our skills. It's really a very narrow path to get you to that end goal. Um, and so all the skills you learn are to to just get that one job or be in that one industry. So they don't really teach you a lot about pivoting or entrepreneurship or how to have an entrepreneurial mind. And, uh, and it can be really challenging when you're when you're feeling stuck or lost and you're like, how do I get out of it? No one's ever yeah. taught me the skills. So I think your story resonates with many people out there. And that's why this is such a great forum to learn. A lot of pharmacists get really nervous at the term entrepreneurship. I'm, I can relate to this because for a very long time, I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> yeah. I do have a different idea of what that means, though, because everybody has 
the ability to tap into their entrepreneur skills. I don't think that that means that you have to go and create your own business or that you have to completely branch out of the profession that you're in, but it's a mindset of like, I can make things happen for myself without, yeah. you know, the employer stepping in and, and guiding me, like holding my hand and guiding me. Right. What do you yes. think about that? Danielle? Yeah, no, I love that. I'm a big fan of not putting things in boxes. And I do agree with you that entrepreneurship isn't just about starting your own business or selling something to somebody. Entrepreneurship is about innovation. It's about getting ideas that are new. Yeah, it's about getting ideas that are new. And anybody can do that. Anyone, I mean, we all have our natural inclinations, but if you have this feeling like you, you know there's something out there that you can reach, you can gain the skills to mm -hmm. innovate and change your life. So I love that. I think entrepreneurship is absolutely a spectrum that you can be on. And it's, love, it's something that, yeah. <laughs> I love the way that you describe it. As soon as you say innovation, I'm like, Ooh, yeah, what? I love that word. And then a spectrum of entrepreneurship. I've absolutely. never heard that before. That's, Just you know, it yeah, here. Exactly. credit, yeah. credit, Danielle. <laughs> yeah. <trademark. laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so all of you who are listening to us, like, don't be shy, don't shy away from this term, because sometimes you're right, like, we think of entrepreneur, and we're like, Oh, great, like, someone's gonna try to sell a course now, someone's gonna be a whatever. And it's like, it could be really a bigger idea of like, you can be anything you want, truly. Yeah, yep. that is, for me, the spirit of it. Um, well, Danielle, the reason why I wanted for you specifically, look, I scoured the whole wide web and <laughs> <laughs> looking for the right person to help me host this episode. And I know that you are the right person for it because I've seen you go through the journey of pivoting uh, your yeah. career. Yeah. And that to me was very inspirational because I, you know, like I mentioned before, all of my colleagues at the hospital, nobody was making any moves in their career. And I had to look outside of pharmacy and I saw you making career moves. And number one, like I like that you're not in pharmacy pre presenting information to pharmacists because pharmacists do need to get out of that pharmacy bubble. We need to see what other people are doing and be inspired by, um, by outside things. If we're just always inspired by the same people over and over again, we may not have that right push to go a different direction. So yeah. that's the first thing Like you're, you're not in pharmacy, you're not in the industry. And I think that's something that actually is going to really be beneficial for us. And second, I saw that you were just tired of what you were doing and making moves for yourself. Can you yeah. tell us that story? Because I know I was very inspired by it and I, I want you to tell the people what happened there. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I mean, it, it means a lot that I was able to inspire that way. And, you know, I it's really part of my mission too, to, and I think we both have a shared mission to show people that you can go after what you want, uh, you can achieve what you want, and it's applicable to any industry, like you said. And and absolutely, my, my journey was very much that feeling stuck. And uh, I went down my educational background, I got my a bachelor of science in accounting. I also went on to get my CPA and, you know, dumped a lot of time, a lot of resources, a uh, lot of hours into that. And you, you get to this point where you're so conflicted because you've done all these things and people have told you, you know, just wait, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. And but at the same time, you're, you're miserable. You're I, I, speaking for myself. I was not happy. 
I, I would wake up every day and it would just feel like this insurmountable burden to go to work and do that. And so I was very conflicted of jumping all of my time and energy into something that I was told would pay off one day, but in the moment, and I, I knew I wasn't happy and I couldn't see anything in the future for me to be happy in that profession. Uh, so I really had to do a lot of a lot of journaling, a lot of soul searching. It all sounds very cliche, but it, it really is this period of finding yourself and and taking a look at what you want and what's really important to you. And I think a lot of us stop. We don't want to get to that point because it's it's frightening. It's frightening to have to think of a new direction that you need to to learn new skills and and kind of throw away all the things that you were told you're you're going to need to be successful. Um, starting over can feel very frightening. And that's why it is very important to do a lot of self-reflection and go down that road. And so that was a that was a lot of period of time for me. And when I finally got to that moment where I knew, yes, I I absolutely need to pivot now, um, it really became a matter of tapping into a lot of different resources and networks to do so. And for me, it was networking that was able to to get me into a new sphere and really start to leverage what my amazing strengths are. And I was able to start at the bottom and work in a role where I was an executive assistant and also an HR coordinator. Um, and for me, it was it was a it was a step back, really. If you thought about me being a CPA, a senior accountant, ready to go into a controller role, uh, but I was ready to do that. So you also have to, you know, I realize that it's a mindset of having to be willing to start over. Uh, but from there, I was able to pivot my career and and move forward in a direction where I was able to, you know, really kind of expedite my growth on that new path for myself because I was tapping into what I really love to do and what my strengths are. So it's a trade-off. You're you're foregoing what what you all the things that up to that point made you successful. And but then when you realize what your strengths are and what are natural to you, it's going to be this exponential growth pattern. So uh, now I am in the talent acquisition and development sphere um, in management, senior management for that um, that realm of, of the industry that I work in. And I love it. It's uh, it's very much something that I feel fulfilled every day. I have you know bigger goals and bigger platforms that I want to reach because I, I feel creative and innovative and excited to do what I'm doing. And, uh, and I mean, that's what I think is the biggest takeaway I, I would hope to inspire in anyone who's thinking about making this change is that it's tough at first, but the, the rewards that you get from it every day, uh, far, far outweigh, you know, the challenges of having to make that change. So, uh, so thank you for letting me share that. I hope that was a good background for you all. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, your story about having to start over and then maybe restarting almost when you mm -hmm. became a CPA and then moving into the assistant role and like the HR role. It kind of reminded me of when I left, I was a clinical pharmacist at a hospital and for six years and the first four years, I thought this was really fun. I'm learning something new. And then I think part of it was that the pandemic did hit and it expedited my burnout and it also expedited me to realize, you know, I've gotten everything out, everything that I could out of this current job, what is next for me? And it was either to climb that corporate ladder or try to find somewhere else where I can, re, you know, in a way start over, but like learn new things to really branch out of that comfort zone. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, the first 
option didn't really wasn't something I'm interested in. And so I wanted to try something else. I'm going to this current position now, I get to do a lot of really cool things that I didn't get to do before. But there was a lot of doubt when I was moving into this new job. I was like, well, I am starting over. Like if I had stayed at that other job, I've been there for six years. If I stay maybe another four years, I'll be there for 10 years. And now I'm like locked in as like, you know, one of the seniors, like now I've been there for a long time. So maybe I could, it'll be easier for me to climb the ladder that way. Like I'm having to restart building relationships again, like, what am I doing? Like restarting is really, really scary. It's almost like I just like left everything in my old job. Like everything that I've established there is just like, I've kind of left it to move on to this one, but it all depends on what you want in your life. Like I wanted to learn something new. I didn't want to be stuck anymore. And so for this new position, I get to go on rounds with physicians now, like literally in a medical team with residents, doctors, and getting that experience is so much more fulfilling for now. Like I know for a fact that I'm probably going to want that next thing in a couple of years and I'm ready for that. I'm bracing for that. But, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you just got to take that leap of faith and know that like, it'll it'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. It's a hard, it's a hard step to take. It's probably the hardest that you'll ever take, but it, it, like you said, it's so fulfilling. Well, so let's jump in into the question portion because I do have a couple of things for you. Um, So first of all, Danielle for me, I think is a great salesperson, even though she's not in sales specifically, she has this ability to sell things to me specifically. <laughs> so you see those chairs right there? Wow, perfect example. <laughs> yeah. So like we were at this vintage store and I'm kind of looking for dining room, uh, dining room chairs. Yeah, that's what they are. Yeah. And, um, I just wasn't really expecting to buy these chairs, except I am sitting on them and I'm like, oh, I really like these chairs. They're kind of like above my price point, but I don't know. I really like them. I like that they're leather. I like the vibe of them. And Danielle went into like sales mode and she just said all these things, like literally said all these things that made me last minute, like just bought these chairs, like just I just did it. And it was, it was all on her. Like we were just joking about it the other day. I'm like, you should have gotten like commission for that because it was truly Danielle's job. So That's Danielle, so tell me what does it mean to you when you say sell yourself for that next role or sell yourself for that career pivot? What does that mean to you? And how do you do that? Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I love the chairs, by the way. They look great. <laughs> they don't. Okay. So I moved from my house to my apartment. They don't fit under that counter technically, but I still have them because they were expensive. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. It's an investment there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Those are the words. Those are the words that she used. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we're, we're already kind of getting into some sales techniques, but I, I want to touch on something you said, because it's so true. I mean, people typically shy away from the word sales you know it's it it can sometimes even be seen as a dirty word uh because people think sales like they're forcing me to do something or or tricking me um and and that's not altogether wrong i mean there are some people out there that are trying to sell you something that wouldn't be beneficial to you that and they are trying to misrepresent something and and that is a bad salesperson and that's where you know you want to veer away from that type of individual to interact with but in our world no matter what we do it is vitally important that we get the buy in of the people that we're working with the people that we're trying to get something from whether that be new expertise money 
uh, influence. I mean, there we all we have to work with other people in order to achieve our end goals. Uh, in most cases, especially if you're wanting to be more entrepreneur, entrepreneurial or innovative. And so that's really what we'll talk about selling yourselves in those terms. And for me, I always look at selling yourself as a win-win scenario. So I do not advocate for going into a scenario where you are not going to be aligned with something or they are not going to be aligned with you and trying to like sell your way in. Uh, that's just going to create a lot of frustration. It's going to create that misalignment in the end. And it it could be selling or selling something or buying something that you just aren't going to be comfortable with in the end. So when I approach selling, it's that win-win scenario. I, and, you know, talking about Thu and her, her wonderful chair purchase, you know, in that case, I was being a supportive friend, <laughs> but also I saw how much she really wanted those. And I know from experience that sometimes you need that external validation of this is a really great purchase. This is something that I would really benefit my life. I'll look at these chairs and be really excited about this for years to come. It's going to fit my house. It's going to be cozy. I'm going to, you know, create a welcoming space for, for myself. So that's like my perspective. And sometimes you need that encouraging nudge to get there. Um, but back to selling yourself to, you know, kind of gain that next level, it's really about understanding what that win-win scenario is. So what are you, first of all, what are you trying to do? What What is your end goal? If you don't have that mapped out, you're not going to be able to sell yourself effectively because you're going to be randomly trying to go into situations, you know, spitting out data points that may not land to the end user. Uh, so finding what what are you really trying to reach? If in this case, if you're trying to make a pivot out of your pharmacy profession, where do you want to go? Where what does that ideal scenario look like? And then seek out the end user that would be open to hearing why you would be a good fit for that. Uh, so again, the win-win scenario, making sure that both parties are aligned. Uh, if you don't see alignment at at that level, then it's really not worth going in to sell yourself because. Again, they're, they're not going to be receptive to what you have to say. It's not going to be a good end fit. Uh, and sometimes it takes some practice and figuring out what that end fit is. But that would be my first recommendation is just to, to figure out what do you want? What do you have to offer? And who would be willing to buy that in to use salesy terms? And, and yeah. that's how I see selling yourself. I think that's a good point because I think a lot of people, first of all, when they look in, look for a new job, they are like, well, what's available? Mm -hmm. And then and then it's like, how can I change what I have now to fit those roles versus thinking like, what do I want first of all? Like, what is it that I want first? And then what yes. is available? Yes. Right? So maybe like think about you first and then Absolutely. see what you're able to, to, to contribute, figure out what is available that fits your needs and then and then figure out like in order to get that then what else do i need to do to gain the experience that those positions may want may want absolutely me? yeah how do you come up with you know like just in general though like how do you sell yourself once you've identified like what you want that position how do you make that connection where like people are like, oh, yeah, like convincing, I guess, people, persuading yeah. people. And, you know, it's those skill set that we need there. Absolutely. Yeah, great, great kind of 
transition, it, it really is now once you know what you want, once you know what your alignment is, it's understanding how that end user wants to receive it. And so tailoring all of your selling points to your end user, you know, I could create a million talking points on why I think I'm great at what I do, the accomplishments that I've achieved that someone should also find really valuable. But if the end user is not interested in that, I'm basically talking to a wall. So I have to understand what are their, what are the key things they're looking for that they would want me to come help them do that. Uh, and an example of that is, you know, if you're going into a company and they're hiring, they're experiencing rapid growth, and you know you have a really strong people collaborative strength. And I'm speaking for myself at this point. I if I went into a company that's that's just looking for production and output. They don't really care about collaboration. They don't really care about, you know, people's people working together. They, they probably aren't going to buy my strength because even though, yes, I could bring a lot to that company, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for maybe some more people that can put their noses down, get their work done and, and put output out there, which that is a valuable strength as well. They would not see me as a fit for that role, even though I have accomplishments of being able to bring people together to achieve output the way that I do it is just not going to fit their company. And so that's why it's really important to understand where you're going to sell yourself and if you would be in alignment with that. And then once you know what that alignment is, you can start creating those talking points surround, surrounding what they want to hear. So in my instance, going into a company that really does want a people-oriented collaborator, I can bring in talking points about how I was able to bring teams together to achieve goals, to achieve outcomes, and that's the next step is being very specific about what you can bring to the table. If I were to go in somewhere and say, hey, you're going to love me. I'm, I'm great with people. That, that doesn't answer any of their questions of how I'm going to get the job done, how I'm going to achieve their end goal. So it's about knowing what your talking points are, knowing what the end user wants to hear, and then showing the metrics, showing the backup and the data, like how you're going to get there. Yeah, that's actually, those are really, really great examples. How do you know what the end user wants to hear though? Like what kinds of questions do you ask or what kind of research do you have to do then to know exactly what it is that look they're looking for so you can sell yourself in that way? Absolutely. And this is where you have to put your discovery hat on a little bit and, <laughs> and start doing some investigation. And it's it can be, at first it's going to feel very foreign because you're you're going to say you're going out there and you're going to start looking at job descriptions or looking at company websites it's about reading in between the lines on those company websites on those job descriptions about what their company values and ethos and ethics are and really understanding does that align with you and so that i won't go into the that could be honestly another another deep dive that we do about really kind of uncoding the language out there that people use to describe their their corporations but i think the biggest thing is going doing your research knowing what companies would be a good fit for you your values your your morals your ethos what you're trying to accomplish and then the next step going a step further is starting to talk to some people from that company and, and that that could be challenging especially if you don't have any connections that are in that industry or or maybe you don't see how you're going to be able to tie yourself to that company. Uh, 
But there are a lot of avenues you can use to try to get that connection. LinkedIn, obviously, is a really great platform because you see the people you know, people that you know that worked at this company. You can start to tap into that, reach out to them and and be very brief, be very understanding of their time and, and expect that they may not respond. But try to get some more insight about what it's really like to work there. Uh, the more firsthand examples you can get, the better it is for you to understand that. Uh, and and I'm speaking in terms of going after something with a company. So obviously this can be applied in many different aspects, depending on what you're trying to achieve. But you know, I, the end goal really is doing your research, really understanding what that end user is looking for, and then validating that with pe- actual people that work there or that work in that industry. And this is where you can go down a whole path of the networking aspect of really trying to get a deeper insight of the industry you're pivoting to, the company you're pivoting to, you need to be able to interface and and connect with people to to understand what the culture is like of of where you're going to work and and what I mean by that culture is you know, I work in the construction industry and for the most part it's a it's a very fast-paced industry. People are looking for direct ways of how you can be productive in that industry. They're, they are looking for innovation. They're looking for scalability. And so I know I have to talk in those terms. Um, and so other other industries might have different end goals and, and you could be working with different sets of personalities, you know, for example, tech, finance, healthcare. I'm sure there's very different personalities in those industries. And so you have to be able to sell yourself to those people and and those personalities. And so that's kind of where the networking piece comes in of getting to know people, what they want to hear, um, and and making making your case based on that. Yeah, sorry, I'm looking at some of the questions that I have prepared for you. So no, no, I'm listening. Okay. Yeah. I think that in pharmacy, um, I don't have a lot of experience in retail, but if you're talking about um, you know, clinical pharmacy, for example, I think some of those metrics that you may want to bring up during those interviews would be cost savings type of projects yeah. that you've mm-hmm. done in the past, or maybe clinical services that you yourself have implemented, um, and the success of that to prevent things that ultimately will help the, the health system, like the healthcare facility, like preventing readmissions, preventing med errors by this amount. There's a lot of different metrics like CMS metrics that you can look into and really kind of start implementing some of those services at your current job now so that when you move forward, you can show people you know, the leadership and the innovation that you've done in the past. And I think that that's really been beneficial. When I moved from my hospital to my job currently, I did have a friend of mine who worked at this facility, um, the current one that I'm at right now. And he did give me a lot of information on culture. What does that look like? And, um, you know, I had, I, I was able to really talk to him about like, the position in general and the people that he worked with and really felt comfortable moving forward with this new job because he did really enjoy, you know, the experience that he had here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's the thing is that networking piece is so important because that's how you get to know if this is something that's a good fit for you. But yeah, Danielle, you can, I think that you, you've done so many of those like job listings and you know exactly (laughs) how to interpret some of that. So who knows if you guys are interested in Danielle coming back on and 
really break down one of these job listings. That'd be so cool. Like do it like real life, you know, real time. Um, let us know. Comment below if that's something that you're interested in or send us a message about that. Um, but yeah, I think those are really, really great tips that you have for our audience today. And it is a lot of work, but yeah. it's worth it. I do want you to tell the story of how you got your current job now in terms of like putting yourself out there. Because I, when I heard this story, it just like, it was so cool to hear yeah. that. So <laughs> I think it's a really good one. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I actually, when I look back at the story, it is, it's almost a little heartwarming because <laughs> everything I'm talking about worked in my favor. And it is about that networking piece, but it's also about what we talked about at the beginning is tapping into what you really love to do and doing it regardless, you know, not, not doing it because you want to check a box or, oh, this is something that my employer wants me to do. Uh, and so in my case, I, I was working as a talent acquisition manager, make primarily in recruitment. And I got invited to be on an interview and resume panel for Arizona State University and it, giving tips on how to interview and how to craft a resume to get the job. And I was on the panel with a couple other industry personnel, and one of them happened to be the vice president of my current company. And I I love doing panels like that. I I love being able to help people get the job they want because I was in their shoes. I, I, I've been through the grueling, painstaking process of trying to figure out how do I sell myself? How do I get this resume in front of the right people? Uh, and then that's a, that's my why. I want people to find the job that they love, that they they will that will change their life effectively because we work at our jobs 40 plus hours a week you cannot say that it doesn't impact your life in some way. Uh, and so, so there, there you go. I'm already excited about that. And that excitement came out in this panel. And I, and I, again, I went in this, there, there was no requirement for me to do this. It wasn't me trying to get a promotion or this or that. I did it because I love to do that. And that resonated that VP of my current company, she reached out to me the next day and you said, you know, there's a lot of great points you brought up there. I'd love to take you out for coffee. We can chat more. And, and that's, and I'm always, yes, let's do this. Let's, let's network. And, and that's another, you know, theme of, of our story here is when people reach out and they want to connect, it's very important that you keep that network strong and, and you keep, keep that value there. So, so we did, we went for coffee and it was just a general conversation about, the topic that we we talked about at the panel but then at the end she said you know i think you would be a, a tremendous asset for our company uh, obviously i know you're at your job now you're enjoying what you what you're doing but if you ever have any thoughts about this you know please let me know and it turns out I, at that point i honestly was having thoughts about making the move what's what's next for me what's what's going to be the next role that I feel will get to my next level goals. And I did not see a pathway for that at my current company at the time. And so from there we did, we, we established a connection. It, I went through a series of interviews with the company. It took nine months for me to eventually transition out. And that's why I'd be very patient with these things because they don't happen overnight. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was me putting myself out there in something I love to do and someone saw that and they said, yes, we need that type of person at our company. And I think what I want to also share is at that time, I was reaching out to multiple companies, putting my resume out there, applying to jobs. 
and, you know, not getting any traction. And it, what's so funny to me to this day is something that I just love doing that I just did because I, <laughs> I enjoy it was the way that I got my job. And, um, and I do think when you are passionate about something and you want something that really, you know, will make a difference in your life, those sometimes are the ways that you end up getting into that. So Aww. you can't underestimate the power of networking and doing what you love to do. It really will yeah. show people really will recognize that. This is this is why I do post the stuff that I post on the internet and LinkedIn. When I first started doing that, I think a lot of people in pharmacy was really confused about why, because yeah. it's so unusual. To, sure. to start talking about what you do, what you like, yeah. you know, as a pharmacist anyways, like just because we're just, I don't know, I feel like pharmacy school didn't really promote a lot of that. They didn't encourage a lot of that. And, uh, and I didn't see a lot of it in general in my own bubble. So when I started doing it, a lot of people were questioning it. And I remember um, I was telling a coworker too, I was like, oh yeah, I'm starting to, I have a social media platform. And they laughed because they thought I was joking, not because they were mean, but they thought I was kidding. Like okay. I was like, I don't know. I yeah. don't know why they laughed. <laughs> but yeah, so, but it's something that I find a lot of joy and a lot of passion in. I'm, yes. I'm like going live on a Saturday morning, not because I'm going to get a, you know, like a bonus from doing right. this. Like this has nothing to do right. with my job now, but this is something that I love doing. And the opportunities of people that I've met so far has just, because I've just been active on online and not yeah. just active, but sharing my passion. Mm -hmm. um, it's just an, it's like a tremendous experience, you know? So I just, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that, Danielle, like that resonates with me so much. And I really hope that other people can see that as well. Um, but uh, I was looking at all my questions. And the reason why I was like, kind of like had this quizzical brow is because I guess I hit all the questions that I wanted to ask. And like you answered all of them already. I, I thought it was going to be like question, answer, question, answer, but it just kind of flowed very smoothly. But I'm like, yeah, well, I know, where, where are we? <laughs> like, sometimes you can plan for things and they just go kaput. You know, <laughs> it just shows you had great questions. It was a great dialogue. <laughs> it was. It flowed very smoothly. Yeah. I hope other people can um can relate to that or um can see that as well and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, if you guys are still listening to us right now, please write in the comment comments below. What do you think about this conversation so far? Do you have any specific questions for Danielle? Do you have any specific questions for us um, in general about moving on with our next job? I believe we can see the comments on StreamYard. If not, I'll help over to LinkedIn and see if you have any comments or questions. But um, something that's really exciting that I want to talk about is that I actually asked Danielle to film a whole episode with me about um like climbing or or surviving and navigating the corporate structure is yeah. the title of the video i really had a lot of questions about like what is like how, what does it mean to be an employee for a corporate um you know for a corporation and and danielle had a lot of answers for me working so closely with you know the vps of her company she has that insider knowledge so i just felt like she had all this all this knowledge that she can give us um, so I do want to show a little bit of that promo and then we'll talk a little bit more about the, um, the episode and then we'll wrap it up so that we can okay. enjoy the rest of our Saturday. Right. So let's see if I can get this to work. Here we go. Okay. 
And you could, you know, blink one day and realize I'm out of a job, but I, I don't have the skills I need to get the next job. So I'm terrified of losing my job. This was the first time in a very long time that I did not feel secure in my job position. You could just enjoy what you have now. Yeah. But I don't know. Don't complain. I guess. Yeah. Like, is that really harsh? But uh, like, no. I think that's. I think that's so. Don't valid. be upset I mean, about it because you, that's yeah, what you, you have to put right? in the work. Yes. Yes. I also earn it. Any closing thoughts about the whole process of the only thing on? I would say, which is so wild, I feel like I have to cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I like the music. I it's do. so dramatic. It's very dramatic. <laughs> what they don't teach in school, part two, surviving the corporate structure. Uh, yeah. Yay. So if you guys are interested in um, the video, the episode, Danielle, you really broke down a lot of the stuff that we talked about today, how to get out of feeling stuck changing that mindset to go after that next job, selling yourself. But not only that, in that episode, like the second half of it, you go deep into like how to prepare for an interview, what to say, how to use AI to your benefit of like that application. I mean, you were like, feeling all the, all the, like this golden information. I'm just like trying to like write all my notes, you know, because I'm like, oh my God, it's just all so great. Like, this is all so phenomenal. Um, so what did you think about that, uh, the video that we filmed together and what can people learn from that? Yeah, I, it was such a great video. There were definitely parts where my mind was honestly spinning because I'm like, I could go there, I could go here, I could tell you this. And, and yeah, I mean, what it comes down to, and you probably, see this too, where we get the most questions. It is prepping for that interview, getting the resume fine-tuned. And and I do think that those are vitally important things. And so definitely can do a whole separate segment on that. Uh, but really, I, I can't speak enough to, this is why I love this second part of what we're doing here of selling yourself, because the resume is just a small, it's the tip of the iceberg of, of what you need to be prepared for when you go in to land that job. So getting that resume dialed in is fantastic, but that that's just very minor when you need to go in and then sell yourself and navigate the corporate structure. Because now it's, now it's that win-win scenario of, okay, I know what I can offer them, but also what can they offer me? Because now you're also trying to figure out I, I want to make sure I'm happy in this. I want to make sure it's aligned with what I'm looking for. So the, I, that's one thing I would want to add on to our conversation is remember that this has to be beneficial for you too. It does you no good to do all this work and research and, and put yourself out there if it's going to be an opportunity or a company that's not going to offer you the same value in return. And that just goes back to what we why we're here on this call today, because a, a lot of people might be not feeling very tied into what they do or liking what they do. They want to make a pivot. And so that's where really it is, you know, you're, you're crafting your resume, you're crafting your interviewing for the company, but you also need to be able, ready to go in there asking them questions about how you're going to get accomplish your goals too. So please just keep that in mind as well. And as we start to tie all these pieces together, it's, 
it's just so important that when you're putting all this effort into landing that job or the next next role that you want to go after that it really is something that you are excited about and that's going to benefit you in your future. Mhm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, take care of yourself, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what we're both here to do. Yes. More people <laughs> to feel confident to like get the job that that you want. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, there's so many times where I was like, yeah, I just I just want to move on to something else and it could just be anything and and that's mm-hmm. not that's mm-hmm. not always the right mindset. Like do yeah. stuff that you want to do. Cause now that I'm, I'm getting to do a lot of this like broadcasting stuff and media production and creating content online, it makes me feel so happy. Yeah, And like, so you know, you, you want to feel that way when you're spending a lot of time and effort. Um, Absolutely. but, uh, so let's see, we did have a comment. Um, and sorry if I mis- mispronounced your name, but Lazara, <laughs> she says, Oh my gosh, I am stuck and can relate to you so much. So you guys, this is, you know, if you're watching this today, maybe this is like that moment where you realize, okay, I don't need to be stuck, that I can get out of this mm-hmm. situation. And yeah. uh, the first step is just to start. Yeah, um, yeah right. I could add to that too. You know, yeah. it's, it. We, like we talked about at the beginning, it's the worst feeling. You're, you really feel paralyzed when you're stuck you don't know where to start. You don't know what the next step looks like. And and that's where it really is. Give yourself room to explore what you love to do and, and don't feel like you have to have it figured out right away. You do need to take a step back and, and know what direction you're going to want to go in. Because if you're trying to go down all these different paths, you're not going to be able to fully commit yourself to what really does align with you. And so if I may give a, a little background of when I knew I needed to switch out of accounting and, and go in that in that next direction, I had to take a deep inventory about what I really love to do, what I was good at. And there's so many resources out there that will help you tap into that. I'm such a fan of skills-based assessments that tell you where your strengths are. Leveraging your strengths, If you, we shouldn't be trying to make up for the things that we're not as good at, we're inherently going to have things that we're just not as good at. It, it does no, it does you no good to funnel your energy into trying to be better at those things. It does you more good to look at what you're really good at, pour your energy on getting better at that. And that's where you're going to really see yourself excelling. And so do that, do that inventory of what am I good at? What do I love to do? And where it, it could be things that you're already doing. That was a really revelatory thing. That was what I was reading about how to do this process of self-discovery. You know, what are things that I'm just doing again, because no one's telling me to, I'm just doing, cause I like to, and Thu and I both talked about this, like me doing that panel. I love being in front of audiences, helping them find their why. Thu loves sharing her why. Those are things that we are already doing that, that weren't in our job description. Once I started seeing that more, it's like, oh, okay, so I need a job that's going to let me do that. Uh, so the self-discovery phase, please don't don't overlook that. And, don't, and just because you're not making that what our society says progress during that phase, meaning you're not being productive or you're not delivering output, that that's the most valuable phase to go through to really know what path you need to be on. Uh, so I would just very highly recommend that process of self-discovery. Do those strength-based assessments. I love the Strengths Finder from Clifton, uh, from Clifton Strengths Finder, 
that was the one that got me on my path of understanding what my strengths are. But I recently became certified in predictive index, which is uh, a survey that shows you what your working strengths are. So it's not necessarily a personality assessment, but shows you how you prefer to work. And I love that because a lot of times we're trying to align ourselves with our job. And this one's solely about finding your key ways that you like to, to do that. Uh, so do those assessments, really lean into them. And then once you once you can analyze what those strengths are, start to do more things related to them. So for me, when I knew I loved to talk, inspire, motivate, coaching, uh, I started to lean into more opportunities that gave me that. Then I started to meet more people that were also in that realm that wanted to collaborate with me. And it becomes this this snowball effect. When you tap into your strengths, when you tap into what you love to do, again, people see that and they want to be a part of that. And so while being stuck can feel very hard and very insurmountable at times, there, there is a, there is a stepping stone for you to start at and just highly recommend you, you do that. You stay with it and don't give yourself a timeline. Don't say like, you know, I, I, it's been a month and I haven't seen anything. Just keep doing things, keep getting better. It's, there's no magical formula to it. And that's why it's hard because we're all used to say, well, if I do this, I'll get this, you know, having those transactional types of things, but self-discovery and growth and your career, it is, it's going to be a lifelong thing. And you just, but that's why you have to be doing something you love. You're not going to get better at anything if you don't do it. So like, if you're not going (laughs) to go on interviews and start applying for things, then you're never going to get good at it. And then you're never going to get that next job because you're not practicing it. It's a skill, right? Um, Yeah, those are really, really encouraging words, Danielle. And I love that. I know, I, I feel like you're I can tell that you're you're lit up when you're talking about like how can I help people like yeah. get what they want in their lives like I can I can see that in you and it's really cool to see that um and it just it just warms my heart because you know we want people to to get the lives that they want and uh super excited to help you guys get there so Absolutely. if you're um so with that said please 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 look out for our video on what they don't teach in school Part two, surviving the corporate structure um, and or navigating the corporate structure. I guess I haven't decided on the title. It's not bad. Honestly, <laughs> they're both relevant. <laughs> they're both very true. Yeah. <laughs> surviving and navigating, but really focusing on how do you I get the best, the most out of that corporate structure? Because corporations are not built to support you. And so you need to kind of learn how to leverage that. Um, and also, uh, yeah, so that video will be available um, next week and it will be um, on demand. So you guys can purchase the video to gain all the skills, to feel inspired, to get out of your own way. Um, all the information, I will be starting to promote it starting today. All the information, obviously, I need to decide on the title today. Okay. Now Anybody you see the behind feedback for that, let us know. <laughs> yeah, let, let, us, let us know. That's great. That's perfect. Um, also, yeah, please message Danielle or I if you have any other questions. Um, I know Danielle is really passionate about the coaching aspect of things. Um, she really wants to help see you grow. And so if you have any other questions for her, please message her um, or, you know, message us or leave a comment below. And uh, finally, um, I am, uh, you know, hosting a podcast. It's Hey RX Friends. We got this. And it's available on YouTube, Spotify, and uh, Apple Podcasts. So make sure that you're also 
tuning in into our episodes. They're released every other Tuesday. So next Tuesday, we're releasing episode three, and it is a reflection on the pharmacy profession. We actually get very deep and very um, like vulnerable in that conversation, which is something I did not expect when we went to film it. And it's kind of a celebration of American Pharmacist Month as well. Um, and that's that's pretty much all I wanted to go over. Um, Empowered PharmD is super, super excited to get to host these types of episodes and lives. Um, if you have any ideas um, or any comments or suggestions on the types of topics you want to see next, please leave the comments below or message me, engage with me. <laughs> Honestly, that's what social media is for, networking and getting to know people. That's yeah. That's why we're here. We are excited to get to interact with you. Any final thoughts, Danielle, before we uh, get out of here and get our weekend started? Love it. No, that's so wonderful. And yeah, you've been you've created such a great platform for people to feel inspired to to go after what they want, to make changes, to use their voices, to advocate for themselves. So I definitely recommend listening to your podcast. Hey, RX friends. Yeah, we got it, this. <laughs> it's fantastic. And like Thu said, I'm also here to to help and be a resource for you. So feel free to follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Danielle Eddy. And then I also have a, a social media account on Instagram, Danielle Eddy Coaching, where I share ways for you to gain influence and tap into what your strengths are. And uh, but again, if we can be resources for you in any way, let us know. But love to create strong communities that help each other thrive. That's why we're here. Yeah, we got actually, we do have some other comments. Um, Naiha says, Great talk, motivated after this. Oh, oh that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to at least one person, and that's we did all that matters. You're hype people, so if anything, yes. that was what we wanted to get out of it. <laughs> and Lazara did ask any recommendation on skill assessment tool, which you answered that even before yeah. she asked. So it's like you're like, Yeah, or something. We can I... read people's minds on here. We got I you, will, girl. We got you. We gotta, it's, it's so great. I mean, I remember being so lost, going in so many different directions until I saw, oh my gosh, these are my strengths. And then I could tie into things I was doing that validated. I'm like, yeah, that, I am doing that. I am doing that. So yeah. Clifton Strengths Finder, that was my favorite. And they have a book that you can purchase as well that you, if you prefer to do uh, reading uh, in the mm -hmm. old fashioned way, I suppose. <laughs> Otherwise they have uh, online strengths assessment for that. And then I do love predictive index for working styles. It's such a fast assessment. It, everyone's always, their minds are blown because all you do is you're, you're picking out words that you relate to. And in five minutes, it spits out a very, very accurate profile of your working style and how you can leverage that in your next job. So those are my two. There's a lot of great ones out there. Um, you know, there's there's DISC, that's always one. Um, there's the 16 personalities that's free online um, that tells you, and that's more of holistically who you are, uh, but that's a great one. You can take pieces away from that of, of what really drives you. And so those are some great, great tools yeah. that I've used and been able to. So cool. Leverage. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like Danielle is like a walking resource. It's amazing. <laughs> just like watching her just like, you know, spill yeah. out all this information. I love it. Thank you so much, Danielle, for You're spending so this morning with us. And I'm so happy we got to like inspire you guys. Yeah. Uh, it makes my heart so warm. So anyways, <laughs> have an amazing weekend. Until next time. Don't under <laughs> don't underestimate yourself. Don't underestimate this pharmacist. <laughs>
Love that. (laughs) So true. Bye, everyone.